Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Today's Bible reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 32 to 45. Mark chapter 10, verse 32 to 45. They were on their way to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Again, he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thank you, Crystal. Evening, everyone. Great to see you tonight. Uh, you might have noticed on the news or in your news feed a couple of weeks ago a ship, Ernest Shackleton's ship, was found at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, the ship was called the Endurance. And if you don't know the Ernest Shackleton story, it's a story worth chasing up. Even just get the abridged Wikipedia version will do you good. But there's books you can read. If things had gone well for Shackleton, he may well have been remembered as the first person to cross the Antarctica via ship via the South Pole, which would have been a pretty heroic feat. But as you may have worked out, given that his ship was found at the bottom of the ocean, things didn't all go well for Shackleton. He's instead remembered for an incredible story of survival and inspirational leadership. 
Shackleton managed to get his entire crew to safety without anyone losing their life. And this is over 100 years ago. It's an incredible story. He attempted to achieve glory through exploration, but he failed. Glory for Shackleton only came through hardship, through suffering and through selfless sacrifice. At the end of the day, you could say he had no other option, but he had to choose to do that. In the passage that we had read for us today, we see the disciples wanting personal glory. They want a crown in Jesus' kingdom. But Jesus wants them to see that you can't have a crown without the cross. You can't have a crown without the cross. The disciples had recognised Jesus as the Messiah sometime earlier and they had been becoming more and more confident that as the Messiah, Jesus would get the crown, that his kingdom would come on earth. But they hadn't understood the point of the journey that they were now on as they were moving closer and closer to Jerusalem. They hadn't seen that for Jesus, the cross is necessary for his crown. For Jesus, the crown is inseparable to the cross. Like a remote control and batteries, they've got to go together or they just don't work. This passage that we had read is the third time that Jesus explicitly teaches his disciples about the necessity of the cross. And it's also the third time that his disciples tragically fail to hear and fail to see what it is that Jesus is teaching them. Unfortunately, in the NIV of of, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 33, it leaves out, it leaves untranslated one particular word and that's at the very start of verse 33. And the word that it leaves out is the word behold. Jesus urges them to look and see, to behold what he's about to say. But even though he urges them to behold, they don't See. While Jesus outlines that his way is the way of the cross, a couple of his disciples, a couple of sneaky disciples, are keen to secure their own crowns. They come to Jesus, requesting to Jesus that he do whatever they ask. Have you ever asked anyone that question? Has that question ever been asked of you? The wise thing to do if anyone does ask you that question is exactly what Jesus does. He says, well, tell me first, what is it that you want me to do for you? James and John's bold request is for seats of power, not in an eternal kingdom, not in eternal glory, but in the glory that they see will come when he sets up his earthly kingdom. They are super confident in Jesus' victory, confident in his kingdom coming, but they have not grasped the nature of this kingdom 
Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. They're blind. They can't see what is coming. And so Jesus goes further, can you drink the cup that I drink? Or can you be baptised with the baptism that I'm baptised with? Jesus uses these two images to convey what it is that's coming. The image of the cup has to do with divine judgement, the taking on God's wrath. And the image of baptism seems to be a way of asking them if they can be immersed in that which Jesus is taking on. He's asking them, can you go the way of the cross? Because you can't have a crown without the cross. Jesus, of course, was asking rhetorically. He was kind of meaning to them, you can't be immersed in what I'm about to take on. And their response is ridiculous. It's kind of funny if it weren't so tragic. We can, they say. We can do that. Effectively, what they've just told Jesus is that they could do what he was about to do. That they could go to the cross. That they could be immersed in the wrath of God. What a complete misunderstanding, both of the nature and significance of what Jesus would do when he came to the cross. Perhaps they'd envisaged themselves to be the ones who are going to be out the front in the battle, swords drawn, taking on the Romans in a manner that would be befitting for being bestowed with glory in Jesus' eternal kingdom. But there's no crown without the cross. Ultimately, as Jesus says to them, they will go the way of the cross. Ultimately, they will drink the cup and be baptised with the baptism. But that won't happen before they flee from Jesus and flee from him at the very moment that he drinks the cup and is baptised with the baptism. Well, having been a little bit behind, the other ten disciples catch up. They don't just catch up physically with Jesus and James and John, but they catch up with the conversation that they've been having. And they're indignant. They're indignant. Why are they indignant? They're not indignant because how can you be talking to Jesus about this? They're indignant because they've been outplayed. James and John got there first. They got in to ask for those seats of glory. The disciples are fighting about their own glory while Jesus is headed to the cross. And so Jesus pulls them together and he teaches them. He applies the theology of glory through the cross to these disciples And we see that in verse 42 to 45. Lording authority over others may gain a crown of sorts, but it won't gain a crown in Jesus' kingdom. The way to a crown, instead, Jesus says, is through serving others, becoming a slave. Why? 
Because that's the way of Jesus. Not only does he serve, but he says that he gives his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem to pay the price, the ransom price, to set people free. Jesus is going to Jerusalem to there not, be, not, not have a crown, but to hang on a cross, to hang on a cross with a thorny crown so that he could pay the ransom to win people back to God. The way of the cross isn't lording it over others. It's not standing up for our own rights. It's laying our rights down. It's serving others. It's denying ourselves, picking up our cross and following Jesus. In the words that we've been using through Mark's Gospel, it's dropping your nets and following Jesus. You can't have a crown without a cross. Well, straight away, the next bit of the story tells us in um, Mark chapter 10, the next bit of the story tells us that they reached Jericho and there along the path is a blind man. Now, the word that Mark uses here to describe the man along the path is the same words that he used back in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus told the parable of the sower and that first soil where the seed lands along the path. Bartimaeus sits on the path and the people around Bartimaeus are lording authority over him. They're using their power to shut him down. While Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those around, those lording authority tell Bartimaeus, shut up. Jesus sees what's happening. For Jesus, the way of the cross is the way of service, of serving even the least of these, of serving even the blind man who sits on a path. The way of the cross is giving your life as a ransom for many. And so Jesus calls Bartimaeus. And Mark emphasises this calling three times in verse 49. He uses that word, perhaps to remind us of the way that Jesus called the other disciples, perhaps to remind us of the calling of James and John. And the way that Bartimaeus responds to this calling is actually with that same instant carefree, uh, spontaneous response that we saw from the disciples. He doesn't drop his nets. He throws his cloak. His cloak, probably his only possession. His cloak, the thing that was holding all the donations that he'd received, whether they be great or small, the thing that held his livelihood. Yet when Jesus calls, he jumps to his feet and throws off his coat and goes to Jesus. Jesus asks Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? 
This is the exact same question that Jesus asked James and John. Exactly the same. Bartimaeus says, Rabbi, I want to see. If only the disciples had been more concerned about seeing than about their own glory. If only the disciples had responded in the way that Bartimaeus said. Bartimaeus doesn't care about the crown. Bartimaeus just wants to see. Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. And the word healed does refer to a physical healing, but more than that, it also refers to spiritual healing. Jesus tells Bart that his faith has healed him. Jesus tells Bart that his faith has saved him. Jesus opens Bartimaeus' eyes and he gives him a crown. He gives him the crown of life. A crown that's worth way more than the crown that James and John had sought. Bartimaeus was free to go anywhere. Imagine where he might want to go. To go and see family, to go and see friends that he hadn't seen. Go, Jesus says. Where's Bartimaeus go? He follows Jesus along the road. Literally, he follows Jesus in the way. In the way of Jesus. In the way of the cross. Bartimaeus goes Jesus' way. Bartimaeus goes with Jesus toward the cross. He goes the only way that you would choose to go if you can see. Because Bartimaeus perhaps has got that you can't have a crown without the cross. James, a different James to the one we've been talking about, not the brother of John. James in his book tells us that the Lord promises a crown to all who love him. The crown of life comes through the way of the cross. The crown of life comes as Jesus, the one who had an eternal crown, takes his crown off, comes to a cross, has a crown of thorns put on his head and hangs and dies so that we could have the crown of life. The crown of life comes the way of the cross. But the cross isn't just the way that we enter eternity. The cross is the way that Christians are called to live. James in this passage talks about trial, about perseverance and about standing the test. Jesus' fixation with the cross isn't just because the cross was his way, but it's because the cross is the way of anyone who would follow him. The cross is the way of discipleship. And that idea of discipleship confronts so much of contemporary expressions of Christianity. 
if you're a follower of Jesus or if you're considering being a follower of Jesus, know this. Christianity is not about an easy life. The way of the cross is a way of hardship. It's a way of joy, but it's a way of hardship. Christianity is not about getting rid of all of life's problems, yet we can so easily be dominated by our own crowns, crowns of time, crowns of money, crowns of talents, crowns of comfort, crowns of freedom, crowns of lifespan, crowns of health, crowns of prestige. The hard truth is that often we want our own crowns more than we want to serve. We're more like the disciples than we are like Bartimaeus. We want the crown, but do we want the cross? Jesus invites us to live like him with a cross-shaped life of service. In his book called Spiritual Leadership, Oswald Sanders writes this, a cross stands in the path of spiritual leadership and the leader must take it up. To the degree the cross of Christ is across our shoulders and over our backs, so the resurrection of Christ is manifest through us. No cross, no leadership. It's true of leadership. It's true of all Christians. The way of Jesus is the way of the cross. No cross, no crown. When we expect Jesus to provide us with an easy, comfortable, pleasure-filled, self-fulfilling type of life, we've missed the cross. And if you miss the cross, you're in danger of missing the crown. Sure, there's plenty of other crowns that you might get, but not the crown of life. We become as tragic as the disciples if we fail to see the significance and the centrality of the cross in all of our life. If we fail to behold, if we fail to look and see at the significance of the cross, if we fail to see Jesus' call to give up the crowns that we might serve by taking up a cross. If you miss the cross, You're blind even if you think you can see. Are you serving or are you being served? You know, the truth for most of us is that it's probably both. I know many of you are involved in serving in all sorts of ways. But I know that many of you are like me. Sometimes you just don't want to serve. No cross, 
no crown. Do we want from Jesus the crowns of this world or do we want from Jesus the sight that helps us follow in his way, that helps us go the way of the cross? We all live for a crown but the crown of life comes only through the cross of Jesus. Is the cross on our shoulders? Is the cross over our backs? Have we truly picked it up? Jesus, the one who already had the crown, gave it up, made himself nothing, came to serve, came to die on a cross that he could be a ransom for many, that he could be a ransom for you. Will you pick up a cross? No cross, no crown. Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. We want to see We want to follow in the way of the cross. Give us sight that we might follow your way. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.